What's up, everybody? Yo, yo. Season four of the Salty Dogs podcast. Back at you. We are here. Fresh and rested. Are we freshed? Freshed? We're not fresh and rest. Are you fresh and rested? I am fresh people? on rest. Are you? We had three like just one day of rest. And a half, no, three and a half months of rest. Oh, you mean from podcasting? Yeah, man. We took a we took a hella long break. Hella. Yeah. We Is took a, a heavenly break. We took a heaven heavenly ish. Today I bought a lotto ticket. Yes, I'm a Christian oh Christian my. gambler. What is your? Did you win? Actually, no. Let me tell Question, you a story. If you won the lottery, would you tithe off of the winnings? I don't believe tithing is biblical, oh. but I would be generous with the money the Lord gave me. Amen. If that, he indeed brother. gave it me th- to me <laughs> through the lotto, some would contend whether or not that money came from the Lord if I played the lotto. Right. But I bought a lotto ticket. And uh, anyways, I was walking out and the lady said, good luck. And I almost said, God's providence. Said he would Providence, like yeah. the Lord provides. I know, but... Wh- so you know how some there are churches who don't have pot lucks because they don't believe in luck. They believe in God's providence, so they have pot providences. Sounds like what happens in Colorado. Pot <laughs> providences. <laughs> That's funny. <sighs> was it? I didn't think it was that good. That is pretty funny. You didn't enjoy the break? Which break? Our three and a half month hiatus. <sighs> I it did, Yes. I did enjoy the break. It felt like it it made our my at least our schedule a little less chaotic. And that's why we do that, man. Right. Like we go through October. Thanksgiving. We had, and we had Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and Yeah, well that's why we do that. Because Thanksgiving and, and all the all the family stuff and all the the hubbub and the hustle. Hubbub. Hubbub and hustle around the, the seasons. Around the Christmas tree. Into the new year. And then we just January's kind of a get ready for the for the craze, and then February we kicked this sucker off. Yeah, tell me, tell me something awesome that happened in the break. Oh, you would ask me a question I'm not prepared for. How or, about you go just, first, and I'll think about it. Okay. I what mean, happened to you? Something hap- awesome that happened? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, how about I'll something give a, just cool or something noteworthy? Something cool that happened. Yeah. Well, we so we had Thanksgiving with you guys, and we were all hanging out, and Chris, Christine, uh, was telling that's um, your sister-in-law was telling us about a new doctor she had been seeing, Doctor Frank. Shout out. He, uh, he said he's actually going to start listening to the podcast. Hook him so up. He's going to check it out. But anyway, we'll get him a sticker and he can put it on the front window of his practice. Yes. Yeah. A, win- a window of a, yeah. Anyways, it's a window of opportunity so, for us, <laughs> but it's a window of his business, which is also an opportunity for him that he jumped on. Yes. So Christine, <laughs> so Christine started telling us about um, how she had been seeing Dr. Frank and um, just about how it had really been helping her with. Um, some of the the health issues that she'd been having, and and so we just knew that uh, Lara and I both knew, man, we need to get in and see this guy for Lara. And um, Lara was was really around that time. This was last November, um, struggling pretty hard with just having no gas, man. She just felt like I got nothing in the tank. Like I I'm I'm really struggling to make it through a full work day, and and I could tell that she was getting you know, tired. And it's not like our schedule. I mean, we had just ended podcasting. We really had not very much going on, um, during the middle of the week. So, uh, she just get home and just be exhausted. So anyways, she, we go to see this doctor. He takes, so a, what does he do though? He takes oh, you're about a, to say it. yeah, he takes a more natural and I guess holistic, holistic approach. Although mm-hmm. I asked him, would you, would you use the phrase holistic to describe what you do? And he said, no. And I was like, well, I think it describes what you do. So, I mean, he takes a more natural holistic approach, um, with how he treats things. And so anyways, Lara, you know, made a huge recovery in like a couple weeks, really within, you know, a week of seeing him, she saw him for two weeks every day. Um, and, 
and her mental um, health, her emotional health, her energy levels, everything is just skyrocketed. I mean, she truly, um, she says like, I feel like a different person. I feel like I have, you know, gas in the tank. Like she used to get home and just pass out and go to sleep because she was so tired or, yeah. or fall asleep on the couch and then get up and then we eat dinner. Now, I mean, she's having to really try to wind herself down because she can stay up a whole lot later. So now she's like, yeah. Uh, on the other side of that with a lot but of But she energy. really got some help where she needed it. Yeah. So that so, was huge for our family. And I mean, this whole topic of rest will tie in to yeah. what we're talking to later, but that was probably the most significant thing that happened for our family okay. during the break. And then I started seeing Dr. Frank and uh-huh. he, he helped me out and man, I really feel like my mental health is in yeah. a whole lot better of a place. Good. Yeah. Let me tell you what, something cool that happened to me and then I'll tell you something just cool in general. Cool. So I actually... Uh, I started running again, which is a big deal for me because I haven't been able to run in a long time. So I, I think at some point in time or another, I mentioned on the podcast that I've been doing keto. And so I actually hit my ketoversary on January 1 of 2020. Congrats, One man. year. Thank you very much. Um, but just before that, so like at, at my highest weight, I was 229. I got on keto for a year and then I was down to about 205. Um, when I was 229, I tried starting to run again and it was like, it was grueling. You just farted the whole time. Just gas. Just <laughs> no, unbelievable. not even. No. <laughs> um, but it just, man, shin splints and just like right. tired, exhausted. Well, once I lost all that weight and I, I started running back in like November, I was like, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go for a run. So I went for one run. I did three miles. And so that ladies and gentlemen, that's just me saying, Hey, I'm going to go for a run. And I, and I cranked out a three mile run. And then I went a couple of days later and I did four miles. And then a couple of days later and I did six miles. And so I was able to just bust out a six mile run, like an hour and 10 minutes. That's unbelievable. And yeah. And so I was just like, Oh, I can't wait for running season again. I don't like running indoors. I don't like, don't like running on a treadmill, but I actually started running in January. So part of uh, my, um, new year's resolution, whatever, just what I want to do this year. Last year I changed my diet this year. I'm incorporating exercise into that. So I've actually run at least three times a week for the entire month of January, Dang, but son. I've, I've done more than that Tell on me. some days. Tell me. So over my lunch break, you get an hour lunch break. So I drive to the gym. I run for 30 minutes. I don't try and go any sort of distance. I just go for time. Yeah. So I go and I do 30 minutes. Well, What's been cool about that is that I've actually stopped listening to my headphones. I've stopped taking Ooh. my phone with me and all I do is track and time my run. And then it's just me and the Lord, dude. And I've had like crazy insight and he's been speaking to me. I just get in the zone. Yeah. Right. And so today, interestingly, I went and I was running and I thought, oh, I really want to get a good run in. So I'm pushing it and I'm like, you know, exhausting myself while I'm running. And the Lord asked me, is, is this what is this? why you're doing this or you doing this to connect with me. And so anytime I would like start to push a little bit, start striving, he'd start striving. He's like, yeah. are you connecting? Are you connecting? Are you yeah. connecting? And so today was a really good day. And I just was able to actually the last mile or so, um, I had a good pace and I was connecting with the Lord, but that's great. Just, man. It's just been really cool. So I've started doing that again. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I did a 60 hour extended fast. So do you, you went through with all 60? I, I remember did. I talked to you around hour 40. I, did. I hit 60 hour fast. And so Dang. all that to say, just like been doing really well with my health. I uh, was able to fast with Kim 
And so just yeah. kind of like a little bit of marital connection there. Yeah. Like we're both on a fast and we're both on this health journey. So that's been really yeah, cool. Yeah, man. You guys are seriously such an inspiration. Seriously. Like, um, man, Kim looks great. She looks like she, mm-hmm. I know she said she's feeling good. Yeah. You know, she's, she's kind of reversed some issues that she's had. And so definitely inspiration. I mean, Lara and I, I don't know how many dadgum times we've started and stopped something. Dad gum. Dad gum. Dad gum. And, and so it's been really cool to see you guys a year in just feeling better. You know, obviously you guys have lost weight, but just having some more mental clarity and you've always been a runner and I you used yeah. to drag me along on runs when we were in Houston <laughs> yeah. and I used to hate my life yeah. the whole time. Oh my gosh. I was just, <laughs> and you're just going at it. You're just running. Awesome. Just doing awesome. your thing. So I was going to talk about a cool thing that happened to me. And then I wanted to talk about just a cool thing in general, but it's a cool thing for the podcast. Cool thing for our listeners. Yep. Cool thing for our network. So we actually launched a new website. And so if you haven't seen it, I hope you go check it out. It's, it's really shiny, really nice. Saltydogspodcast.com. You guys hear us talk about it all the time. But it's there's some new features. And so before, it was just a place where you could go and find a little bit of information. We had a contact us page. You can listen online, do all that fun stuff. Spot for us to give you, for you to give us your money, too. That was prevalent. That was the biggest thing on oh, the homepage. Man. Gosh darn Just it, give us your money. No. <laughs> No, it we, really wasn't. You're it, making it, us lose listeners not, right no, now. No, it's not. Um, so we do have a Patreon page and we'll talk about that, but, uh, we new website. Okay. New website. But the coolest thing about the new website is the blog. We have something called the salty dogs podcast, salty blog at salty dogs podcast.com. Say that 10 times fast. I can't. I said it once and I'm not going to try it again. You said it one time mess, normally. Yeah, normally. Yeah. So we have a blog and so it's been really freaking cool because the biggest thing that I'm excited about with the blog is that we have collaborated with people in our network yeah. um, to produce content for this blog, to, friends, to write listeners. for the blog. Right. So we have listeners who have written, we have friends who have written. And so let me just get a shout, give a shout out to uh, the people who are writing on the blog. <laughs> so number one, you and I shout out Jason and Chris. Biggest shout out whoop, whoop, for writing on the blog. Um, but some of our other contributors, so we are breaking glass ceilings at the Salty Dogs blog. What does that mean? That means, so do you remember when Hillary Clinton was I thought running this was like a president? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory no. reference where he broke so, through the glass ceiling. Okay. Not no, that. Okay. Not that. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Andrea Dugo is now a contributor. She is. She just wrote an amazing blog on being present. She did. It was really good. And so she's bringing the female perspective and also the parenting perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, obviously, she loves the Lord, so that's the main thing. But yeah, um, yeah just felt one day like the Lord said, we needed to have more female presence on the podcast and on our blog. And so he put her on my heart. And I said, hey, why don't you write, write for the blog? And she said, well, I'll pray about it. And she said she got two words into the prayer and the Lord gave her two blogs and she just cranked them out. Dang. So I've got one, uh, one queued up for her. Uh, Andrea, we got Andy Springer out in Hastings, Nebraska, just wrote a, 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 a really fun opinion piece on yeah. Super Bowl halftime show yeah. outrage. J-Lo and Shakira. Shakira yeah. So doing he, their, their thing. So he wrote a piece on that. So go check that out. Um, that got a lot of traction, kind of fun, just a different perspective. Yep. And we got Joe Clausen up in Kansas City. Congratulations on your Super Bowl Chiefs. Yeah, man. Um, Darren Eubanks out in Dodge City. Fellow Kansan. Fellow Kansan. So I actually had the opportunity. 
it was an opportunity to build his website for his uh, podcast, Kingdom, Kingdom Bringers. Bringer, Kingdom Bringer podcast. And just a little droppity drop. Um, we're going to hear a little bit more from him um, on the podcast. Yeah, we're going to do some collab stuff. We are. So be, we'll, f- nice. we'll figure that out. Uh, we got Josiah, who's a listener. And he wrote a blog for us, so go check that out. Mm-hmm. He's engaged to be married and is trying to figure out all the wedding stuff right now. And so um, he's not writing at the moment, but, you know, we'll see what he's happens. He's going to be cranking some stuff out in the future. Yeah. And so I think that's everybody. Yeah, man. Here's what I was really excited about. You know, when you talk about getting a blog going, it, it can be really overwhelming because it's like, oh, how are we going to get this content out? But here's what's happening. We have so many people contributing that they're not trying to keep up with the schedule. They're they're just writing when something comes on their heart and or they have a really good idea or something that they've been thinking about. And so it makes all the content better when you're not forcing yeah. it. You and know, everyone's just writing when yeah. they have something to say. So we had about 10 posts in the month of January. Yeah, it was actually 11. We had so 11. We, so we've got book list like some of these guys put together their reading preferred reading list for 2019 and 2020 and then like all t- their all-time reading list and so that's been really good so anyways i don't want to spend too much more time on this but go check out the salty blog yes yeah, salty blog and then uh speaking of that if you go to the, the website scroll all the way down to the bottom and there's a button that says send me a sticker and we're going to give you that sticker for free. We've got a big stack of them, been holding on to them and uh, trying to figure out what to do with them. And we just want to give them away. And so while supplies last, you guys can go fill out a form. It'll have you join our email list where we send updates on the blog and all that fun stuff, new episodes. But we'll send you a free sticker and we'll write yeah. you a card. So- and then send us a send us like a, or tag it on, on Instagram, STP, SDP, not STP. <laughs> SDP, Stone Temple Pilots, yeah, the Salty Dogs podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, if you stick it on your laptop or something like that, we'd love yeah. to share that out too. So we just, we want to get, not get rid of them, but we want to hook you guys up if you want a sticker. For sure. And then one last thing, goodness gracious, there's a lot of announcements. Yeah, we what got a lot. We we're, we're really, it's like we're, we yeah, gotta, we this is like Sunday our, morning. This is the guy that comes up on stage and delivers the announcements that no one cares about. Oh my they just want to hear they want to get the to the content. Really right. bring it. Um, so one more thing. So we do have a Patreon page, and we've had some amazing, pa- amazing patrons over the past couple of years who've really been helping um, support us financially, and that's gone to upgrade gear and do all kinds of stuff. Now it's going to help pay for um, the website hosting and some of those other things that we're doing online mm-hmm. to try and have that online presence. And so we really appreciate that. But we want to do something cool for the listeners and also cool for us. So uh, we're starting a Salty Dogs book club. Aren't you excited about that? Yeah, I didn't know what noise to make. Was that your noise? So I, just, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know why I did that one. Yeah, so here's what we're going to do real quick. $25 a month, and you can join whenever, and you can drop off whenever. whenever. Right. But the entire idea behind this is that Chris and I are going to choose a book to read. Yep. And so we're going to read that book, and then at the end of the month, uh, we're going to do a Zoom conference call to where we just discuss the book. Yeah. And with, so it's with anyone who with anyone, does this Patreon right. like level. Yes, exactly. So 25 a month, we're going to order our first book on March 1st. Yep. So that's when it starts, March 1st. Um, we're going to order that first book, mail it out to you. We're going to give ourselves roughly three weeks to get through it. And then we're going to hope for the last week of the month to record mm-hmm. via Zoom to have a, I don't know, one hour call or something like that yeah. to kind of just talk about the book and, and discuss that. And so, yeah, I was pretty excited about this, man. And here's why I'm excited about it because, you know, for you and I, like this really does feel like 
something more than just a podcast. Like there's people that record podcasts just because they want their voices to be heard and they want to get that out there. And, and maybe, you know, in season one, that's kind of, maybe that was a little bit of the motivation behind it, but it's really moved into something deeper and something more. I mean, we've gotten to see, you know, people jump into this community, even through the Facebook group and begin to share some of the things that they're processing, some of the emails that we've gotten. And so for me, this is a way for us to actually walk side by side with people. I mean, a lot of the books that we're going to be going through, they will have, we haven't really talked about all the books that we're going to going to do, but there's going to be some level of pointing people to Jesus. Oh, of course. And so, and this so in, be the entire, yeah, we're not going to read like the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, <laughs> or something like that. That's funny. Everyone, what yeah. was your big takeaway? Aslan was Jesus. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. We're but, gonna we're but, gonna t- read Odysseus or but, something. But the, the big drive behind it is like, man, we want to point people to Jesus, and so we'll actually get to step into some conversations with people to hear how this content that they're reading is affecting them, pointing them to Jesus, right. leading to Jesus. I mean, and it won't just be. I mean, I would hope that people would be able to encourage us. We would be able to encourage other people, yeah. and so it's gonna kind of have this more of a iron sharpening iron type feel right. to it. And is that's kind of what imagine. we want. Yeah. yeah. And so right now we've got it open for 12. Um, so that would be fantastic if we had 12 people jump on board and do that with us mm-hmm. and hopefully it'll grow over time, but man, jump on. So here's the thing, 25 bucks a month. It does, it pays for your book. Like pretty much we're going to be ordering books that are between 15 and $20 each month. And then a couple of bucks are going to go to the podcast and Patreon charges. And so a couple of bucks are going to go to the, to pay the platform. Right. Um, so that we can do this, but, uh, yeah, we want to do that. We want to continue to build community. And so head on over to patreoncom slash salty dogs podcast and join the book club and let's do this thing. Yeah. We'll leave that link in the show notes to, to, yep. uh, to push that out and yep. first come first serve 12 of them. That's right. Hope you guys will join let's us. Let's do it. Season four. Loving and life giving. Yeah, man, this is the new filter. If you if you followed us at all during season three, uh, we used we heard this analogy of like um, how you filter basically the things that you say. Like, what are you using as a filter? Like a coffee filter. You know, a coffee filters coffee filter filters the grounds and the goodness that is coffee comes out of it on the other side. Um, somebody challenged me in season three. Hey, man, uh, what is the filter of your heart? Are you angry when you're saying the things that you're saying? And so um, I had a little little come to Jesus heart change moment. And then really during the off season, um, we started having a conversation about the direction of season four. And Jason, I feel like we were just, I can remember it. I was talk. you were, I think driving on your lunch break or something. And I was in the backyard and I remember walking around in this phrase, loving and life giving came yeah, out right. about the filter basically that we want to set for season four. Can you share yeah, a little bit we, about that? We, we have, we need to do this. I mean, season three was interesting. We, we, we got super salty and we leaned into it quite a bit. Um, and we, we did a lot of exposing what I think needed to be exposed. And I think we did a minimal job of trying to provide solution to the problems that we were coming up with. Right. Like it's, it's super easy to criticize and to find out all the things that you think are wrong with something. And it's another thing to actually be part of the solution. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean the problems don't need to be talked about. Yeah. Right. So let's just say, and we did a lot of that. And it's, you know, and it's really fun to talk about, 
just everything that's wrong. You know, it's, it's fun to be it salty. It's, 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 it's fun because yeah, it's fun to get on a pedestal and take your right stance and point out right. everybody being wrong. Like yeah. that's a thing. And I mean, but that was a thing, but you know, even then what happens is you can position yourself on a moral high ground, like Obi-Wan looking down at Anakin saying, I have the high ground and Anakin's, you know, have you, you know that, that scene in Star Wars? No, I don't remember it. Yeah, okay, Sorry. never mind. That one fell flat. Anyways, not for a lot of people and mm-hmm. that are fans of Star Wars. Okay. But anyways, you can take this moral high ground position and, and basically wield the Bible and go, because I have this book behind me, I can take any stance I want. I just t- talked about this last night with some people in our house church, and I was talking about how you can literally take the Bible and support... Uh, Cons- Anything. Uh, yeah, Republican views, Democratic views, uh, those weird people in the middle views. Like you can support <laughs> anything that you want right. um, if you just tweak it and spin it the right way. Um, and so we don't want to do that. We can easily fall into that trap. But that doesn't mean like I want us to define loving because loving also doesn't mean that we're not going to tackle hard topics or talk about so, real issues. Yep. So I, I think the difference between a loving a loving statement of truth and a hateful statement of truth can be the exact same statement, but the heart behind it right. is the difference. And so I think for us, it's it's a parameter so that we keep ourselves in check, knowing that we're not coming off as hateful or arrogant or prideful in the things that we're saying. Right. And I think that's kind of just to keep us in bounds. Yeah. And I think the life-giving piece is for everybody else. Like we want to instill life and encouragement, we want to build people up. I mean, scripture talks all about that, encouraging one another in the Lord, building each other up. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the purpose of, uh, you know, prophecy and all these different things is to, to encourage one another, build each other up. So I'm being redundant in that, but I think the life-giving piece is essentially giving Getting practical too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Giving people hope and then pointing them to Christ. And then of course, giving practical steps after that. But, um, yeah, so we're still going to spend some time in our, in our episodes talking about issues. We're going to, I mean, we're going to hit on them hard and we're going to take a moment and we're going to expose the issue, right? We're, we're going to look at the wound and say, oh, that is, that's disgusting. You should get that checked out. But well, I mean, it's all the difference. Even if you think about, even about parenting, um, I, you know, I've, I've come to realize I, I don't have very much compassion for, for some things. Like when one of my children like falls down and hurts themselves after I told them not to do something, my often response is like, I told you not to do it. You know, like that, yeah. that's what you get. Right. And Lara right. is a lot more compassionate, whereas <laughs> she'll go over, console them, do all that type of stuff. And I think that it's, it's the difference in that kind of deal. Like when you're talking about an issue within, within the church, within Christianity, within anything, it's like, well, what'd you think was going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. And then like, <laughs> Hey, are you okay? Let me help walk you through this. Like it, it's less of about being authoritative about it and much more kind of being eye level, I think with people when we're addressing and talking about things. Right. Yeah. So loving a life game, that's what we're going for. That's the filter. 2000. That is the filter. 2020. Season so four. episode one of season four is titled whose yoke is that anyway? Whose yoke, bro? Where'd you get that yoke? Where'd you get that yoke, homie? Who put that yoke on you? Who put that yoke on you? Whose yoke is that? Exactly. Yeah. Or get that yoke out of my face. <laughs> if it's not, first, if first it's Nacho not, Libre. If it's not Jesus' yeah. yoke. Get that yoke if out of my face. His yoke, I don't want that yoke. So where's that coming from? Yeah. Let's look Let's look to scripture. You want to look at it? Yeah. All right. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. And then can I read the message version, even though you hate it? Nobody said I hate it. <laughs> I just said uh, I hate it. Just go I, for it. Okay. So. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Is that what you're doing? Sure. Okay. 
All right. So come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And this is Jesus talking. He's the me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So hey, before man, we tear it apart. I just hear that and feel good. Do you? I do. It's good, isn't I it? I just hear it and it just it just feels right. Uh, it feels like the man. person of Jesus. Well, that, yeah, exactly. Because so read So read your heresy version and then we'll keep. Yeah, this is the fantasy version of the Bible, the message. Um, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Mm. Oh, yeah? It just feels good. Does it? So so let's talk about yokes, yokes for a minute. So a yoke is a tool. Okay, hold on. Yes. You talk about what a yoke is and I'll talk about who he's talking to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So a yoke is a tool that is placed on oxen, ox, to plow a field. Now, this isn't like, there's not just one ox in the yoke, there's two side by side. And and so whenever we look at this, like there's two ox side by side. And the really interesting thing about this is that farmers would actually put a, a older ox and they'd pair it with a younger yok, ox so that... Yoks. Yoks. Yoxman, so that the older ox could lead the younger ox and show them how to pull the plow. Because if you just throw a young ox in there and they're not trained and they don't know how to pull it, they'll pull and they'll actually choke themselves out. They'll they'll make themselves tired way way quicker. But if you put an older, mature ox in the yoke with the younger ox, then he can show them how to pull and not get tired right. and weary. So, so it's it's a tool for plowing. So. Something to point out here is that there's work to be done mm-hmm. and it's not easy work. Nope. Right. Sometimes that ground is hard. Sometimes the ground is hard, but there is work to do. Yeah. And so could we look at this and call this, this, um, example, like what is the field? What are they plowing? Like if I'm doing work with Jesus, what am I doing? Right. What does that field look like and what is it accomplishing? Yeah. I mean, I think the obvious thing that most people would go to is like ministry. Like, oh, I'm doing, I'm okay. doing ministry. But I think, and but that only applies, applies to some people. I think the deeper issue or the, or the more widely applied analogy could be becoming more like Christ. Like you are plowing the field of developing a character that more closely resembles becoming like Jesus. And, and so of course, Jesus is going to, you're going to be yoked up to Jesus and right. he's going to be showing you how to plow that field and how to become and look a little bit more like him. I don't know if that's where you're going with that at all. Well, I, I think it's interesting. It It's kind of a dichotomy and not a dichotomy. It's an oxymoron. I think what Jesus is kind of talking about here, because he's saying, take my yoke mm-hmm. upon you and and learn from me for my yoke's easy my burden is light i'm lowly and i'm humble in, in heart he's taking this image of this yoke that is associated with difficult work so difficult that they have to get the biggest burliest strongest animals yeah. to do it and so then jesus completely reverses that and says oh you you think of a yoke it's heavy it's burdensome it there's work to do 
Um, so he takes something that's almost an oxymoron. An oxymoron. And then he says, okay, put put this yoke on you. And so he takes a symbol that's essentially just this burdensome, tiring symbol, and then he makes it something that's life-giving. Yeah. And he makes it something that to be desired, right? And so he's speaking to a people, he's speaking to the Israelites, and he's there, I believe, um, in front of, um, let me see where he's at. Tell you born, then just began to dance in towns. And so Jesus is on his on his journey and he's announcing to people, but he's talking to a people there in Israel who for the longest time had been under the weight of the law as given by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and right. the scribes. Yeah. And so what did they do with the law? I mean, they they put it upon people and they they made people wear it. It's heavy. It's they no one can live up to that. Right. Um, what's the scripture where he says you travel land and sea to make one proselyte and uh, you make them twice the child of hell than you are. Mm-hmm. And then he also says something about um, you put, you tie up these heavy burdens and you put them on people, but you won't do a thing to help them lift them. Yeah. Do you remember that scripture? Yes. And so he's saying that these religion. No, you don't. You smiling liar. <laughs> I only remember. S- I only remember it because you always use that verse. You talk about it all the time. You're a smirky fibber, you. I am. Oh my gosh. So he's talking to a people who, um, the only way that they knew to have relationship with God was to obey commandments. But then the Pharisees and the uh, you know the theologians of the day yeah. had taken this law and they made it something that was impossible to live up to. And so they were under the yoke, under the weight of religion. They were under the weight of expectations that they can never live up to. Yeah. And this was an entire people group who were essentially burdened and oppressed with the law by the religious elite, by the people who said, you know, that they had it all figured out. And well, I mean, and then you have people that, you know, to hear that message, it's just it, what you're, what it sounds to me like you're saying, it, it's just so countercultural to what they had heard, what they had it's known, what abs- they had experienced. Jesus is coming and he's, you know, shaking things up and bringing a completely different message and one that doesn't make very much sense to, to the people of the day and then of the time. Very important statement that you just made was that he went against something that was, was part of the culture. Right. So let's make a, a correlation here real quick. So when we think about what the Pharisees were doing with the law and and with you know the religious burdens and all those things, and then maybe we 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 think about unrealistic expectations that are held of us that we can never live up to, like maybe what are some of those things within the church or maybe some of the things just within the society that we live in? Oof, man. You know I want to go back to the to the verse the verse the message version. Um, where he says, he says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Um, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live free, freely and lightly. I hear that verse. And of course, you know, warning statement, most of my, most of the ways and feelings that I have about ministry are there and exist because of my personal experiences. I want to acknowledge that my personal experiences are not everyone's personal experiences, although I do think that they are more common than not. So my personal experience within ministry has always been the load is heavy, but 
it is worth it because souls matter and souls are on the line. So you carry that load. You push as hard as you can. You go to that meeting. You 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 leave and you just do what you got to do because hell is hot and people are going there every <laughs> single day. And and so there was this like importance that was placed on doing the work of ministry and doing it so much, so hard, so often. And it didn't matter if your wife was miserable, your kids never saw you. It didn't matter because you were leading people to the Lord. And so when I hear that and I just take my experiences and what I felt, it doesn't sound like what any like anything like what Jesus is saying walk with me I'll show you like keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly I will say that my experience in ministry and out of a lot of the friends that I have and people that I've talked to their experience in ministry cannot be defined as freely and lightly it's right. a heavy heavy thing right so you know I never experienced what it was like to be yoked up to Jesus in going through ministry. Right. Because if I had, then maybe it wouldn't have been as heavy. You know, I, I don't know. But but I when I think about ministry, I can't help but just look at the hustle that is involved in it. And right. and it's and it's all there, but the hustle trumps everything because souls are on the line. At least yeah. that's what our culture in America says. Right. Or that was your experience. In the ministry. In the ministry, but I mean, I also think that that's a pretty culture. prevalent, I mean, in Christian culture, like, you so know. do whatever you got to do, yeah. sacrifice, work hard. Uh-huh. I still remember I still remember being told that this would be the, like planting a church would be the hardest thing I'd ever did, done in my life. Yeah. Well, why did it have to be that way? You know, I, I guess I don't know the answer, but yeah. could, I mean, it, could I mean, it we can another way? We can speculate. Right. And I think a lot of it... it just, a lot of it, I think, has to do with the expectations that we have for the fruit that's going to come mm-hmm. for the work that we do. Right. I think that people believe and think that, hey, if I put in all this work, then God's going to show up and then God's going to do something amazing and awesome. And that's not, I mean, what is that? You know what that is? That is, I do this, God, and you will do this. God, if I do this, you you know, if I fulfill my end of the bargain, you'll fulfill your end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. That's not how God works yeah. with anything. Yeah. <laughs> you think God's <laughs> going to enter into some uh, contract with us because we put some blood, sweat, and tears into something? He's going to do something. But And so anyways, I, it, it all goes back to putting in all of that work to get God to do something, I think. Right. Um, so, yeah. So that, so that's, that's a the ministry. So that's a, maybe it. a religious, um, striving. Yeah. Religious striving in the ministry to accomplish something for the kingdom. And that's what I was going to say. Like when I'm thinking about jumping in the yoke with Jesus and doing the work that he's doing, um, one, he's obviously the older ox <laughs> in this scenario. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And we're the younger ox that needs to be yoked up with someone who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and knows where they're going. That, I mean, we have, right. It Number one, if we're weary and we're burdened, like that's who he's calling to. He's calling to the people who are weary and burdened, not yeah. the ones that are strong and ready to roll. Right. Yeah. It's the ones that are just like, man, I can't do this. I can't go. I don't even know. I've got nothing left. And so he's saying, oh, you're exhausted. You're tired. Okay. Jump in this yoke and let's go. And so I think about him, you know, building the kingdom, mm-hmm. but as we're building the kingdom, and I have a whole thing about this I might go into, as we're building the kingdom and we're yoked with Christ, we're learning from him 
And so he's teaching us and he's showing us how to be like him, how to move like him. We're going to grow at the pace he wants us to grow at. So I see one, there's destiny in being conformed into the image of the likeness of Christ. Yeah. And then there's a process that takes place. It's that process of sanctification and conformity, whatever. Um, and that's, it's a process. That's what it is, right? The young ox um, isn't going to be a full grown, you know, big daddy ox yeah. overnight. So there's a process. He's inviting you into a process. It's going to take time. You get to learn from him. You get to rest. You get to be in an easy place. That's yeah. what he says. Yeah. My yoke is easy. So we get to be in an easy place in a restful place where the burden is light, but guess what? There's still work being done. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is the one that said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We're not supposed to be building the church. We're supposed to be yoked with Jesus doing what he's doing, right? And doing it with him, never apart from him, never at a faster pace, never at a pace that's going to make us weary or burdened yeah, or that that's going to burn us out. So never I'm, at a pace so, that's I mean, going to so make what us do burn you, out. What do you say to, you know, and I don't, I don't want to just make this all about ministry, the whole time, because there are a lot of, you know, the majority of our listeners, listeners probably don't have a ministry, ministry background, but you know, what do you say to the person who is in ministry that they are weary and they are burdened? You know what I say to them? Well, I, I don't know. Whose yoke is that anyway? Because, because <laughs> listen, man, like th- no, yeah, that's, the, that's the right thing. Right. But, so I don't say anything to him. I ask them the question, right? What do who, you ask him? Whose who, yoke are you who, under? It, I quote him and I say, Jesus, you quote him. <laughs> I, I say, Jesus's yoke is easy as burdens light. He's Wh- whose yoke are you under? Whose yoke are you under, man? Yeah. You got it. And that's the entire point of this, right? Yeah. What didn't you write down a sentence? Like yeah. the entire point of this, this episode, I mean, really, if you are weary in burden, like examine your life and determine you are weary. If you are weary or burdened, mm-hmm. if the answer is yes to those things, Why? I, I really think that we need to ask the question, why? Like, mm-hmm. why do I feel weary? Why do I feel burdened? Um, if it's ministry, man, am I yoked up to Jesus when I'm doing this ministry? I mean, and we haven't even gotten into real life, personal, just parenting, career, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. You know, what it even looks like to be weary <laughs> and and burdened with that. Well, let's talk about it. What it what does it look like to be weary and burdened? Because you were there. Tell, tell yeah. me a little bit about that because you've got some story behind that. So I think... You know, all of 2019, which was last year, um, our family had taken a lot of steps to declutter our lives. And when I say declutter, I mean like cut out a lot of the noise that was going on during the week, a lot of the commitments that we had. Um, I am, (laughs) bless Lara's heart that she's married to me and that she puts up with me. I mean, I am a person that just, I want to do everything. I want to, I want to podcast. I want to be a part of the local photographers group. I want (laughs) to lead this study. I want, I just want to do everything. I think I can do everything and, and I can't. Um, And so I've, I started to say no to some things, even stepped out of some responsibilities. um, But even, you know, came to realize like, okay, we need to do this because we need to slow down. Um, this word Sabbath, I had been hearing it a lot in 2019, Ooh, uh, which is essentially taking a full 24 hours um, and dedicating it to um, to ceasing. So you're not working, you're stopping 
from work, you're stopping from worrying, you're even stopping from thinking about work. So you're ceasing, you're not doing those things, Mm -hmm. Um, delighting, delighting in the Lord during that day, all the good things that he's given you, Um, worshiping, drawing near to him through spiritual disciplines. And uh, there was one more, I don't remember, but whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, you can go and look up Sabbath, but just this idea to where we take a day to rest. And when I say rest, I'm not just saying not working. Because I think that that's what people think of when you say, I'm going to take a Sabbath. It's just like, I'm or, not going to work. I'm just going to sit down and sleep or be lazy like right. that. That's not what it is. It's actually a day um, where you do all of those things, but you also refill your soul. Right. Um, and not just on like, I'm going to eat all this food and like, but you mm-hmm. refill it. I mean, you you position yourself at the feet of God and, and you refill yourself from there, but also from either other things that refill your cup, like running, if running is something for you that fills your cup, I mean, all of these, these different yeah. things, but you know, we had heard about Sabbath for a long time. Um, and I had wanted to always do it, but it just felt so unattainable. Like when the heck right. as someone who's leading, who is leading a few house churches, like, how are we going to do that? Our gathering is on Sundays. We're, we're not going to not gather on Sundays. It just yeah. always felt so unattainable. Um, so, so you wrote a blog post about the biggest thing that you learned in 2019. Um, and, um, you started off by talking about like, you know, doing all these things in one day and mm-hmm. then finally getting home and your head hits the the bed and you sleep, but you don't rest and you mm-hmm. get up the next day, you do it all over again. So, you know, what are some of those attributes? Like someone could look at their life and, and then they can maybe make the connection and be like, man, maybe I'm doing too yeah. much. So if your day looks anything like this, you wake up in a hurry, you know, you snooze your alarm over and over and over again because you're tired because you stayed up too late binging Netflix or doing anything like you stayed up really late. So your body didn't get the rest that it needed. So in return, you wake up super anxious and you wake up and you're behind and you got to feed the kids and then they don't eat their freaking breakfast and they can't find their shoes and you're yelling at them to find their shoes. And and then you get out the door and then you turn on the Christian radio and then you turn it down to yell at the kids and then you drop them <laughs> off and then you run through the Starbucks line to get your, your Java juice to, you know, get after the day. And then you get to the day and you sit at your desk and you're just already wiped out. Like if your pace is that and that is a normal day for you and that's like I haven't even gotten to lunchtime. That's just like yeah. the first two and a half, three hours of your day. You probably are not. Um, moving at a pace that is that of Jesus. Yeah. And then it just continues, you know, yeah. you get off work. So, but what do you say to somebody who says, well, that that's my life. I've got five kids. I have to work. I have to do these things. What do you say? Yeah, to them? I say your life doesn't have to be that way. Uh, you know, I think that it's a common lie that we buy that we have to live in this hurried state. And, right. and, you know, when we talk about hurry, I think it the root of hurry is fear at the end of the day. And most people don't make that connection. That's interesting. There's there is a fear that is rooted in hurry. It is that like, well, why if what's gonna happen? Either like I'm gonna be late, so there's a fear of letting people down. Mm-hmm. What are people gonna think about me? Mm-hmm. What are people gonna say about me? What if I lose my job? Like there is fear that is rooted yeah. in hurry. And when you think about Jesus, can you ever imagine Jesus moving at a hurried pace? No, not at all. No, not one bit. hurry is not a word that would anyone would use to de- to to describe um, to describe Jesus and the, his character. He was never hurried. And so yeah. we, I mean, really, when we start our day that way, we yoke ourselves up to hurry and say, "All right, hurry, let's do this." And hurry yeah. drags so, us. So tell me, show me, tell me what this is like. And I think it's going to just boil down to a heart issue because I think you can still accomplish things mm-hmm. at an unhurried pace 
with a heart at peace with Christ. So what does it look like to go through that day you just described yoked in Christ? It's, it's first off, it is being transformed by the renewal of your mind. I mean, it's this whole idea that the change starts in your mind. That's really where the mindset shift happens. And, you know, I also wrote a book review here not too long ago on, um, to hell with the hustle, a book by oh, Jefferson. That's where it was. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was in that book review for to hell with the hustle. And, um, I would highly encourage you to read that book because this book had so many light bulb moments for me that caused me to examine my life, to examine my um, addiction to social media oh, gosh. Uh, and overconnectedness to the world and dependency on technology. It caused me to um, reevaluate my desire for significance in my life um, right. while neglecting the everyday things that are significant that I didn't view as significant um, and then cause me to evaluate my pace and how I'm moving. And if it's honoring to God that I'm going 90 to 95 and guess what, when you're going that fast um, and if you're leading your children, you know, husbands and wives, <laughs> you're dragging them and you're yoking them to you're, hurry. You're teaching them that. Yeah. If, if the common phrase for you is hurry up when you're getting out of the house, like I've really tried to, because of this mindset shift, stopped saying hurry. Mm. You know, I went from saying it 20, 30 times in the morning to maybe slipping up once, you know, in the morning going, Oh, I can't say that. That's a bad word. Like hurry up is a bad word to me now. Um, I I really try not to say it. So it starts with the mindset shift, but realizing like, Oh snap, I am living a life where hurry is dominating it. This isn't good. This doesn't breathe life into my family. Mm -hmm. I do want to make changes. That's where it starts. Yeah. And you know what? So uh, my my life in the mornings has changed just a little bit, but I get up at the same time and I leave the house at the same time. Okay, um, so the time situation hasn't changed, but my heart in that morning time has changed. Um, and it's not that I just like, you know, being patient because I was going to say like maybe the it's the opposite of of hurry patience, you know, it's impatience, right? But it's hurry. I think the opposite of hurry might be content. You think so? Maybe. I don't know. I just think the opposite of patience Mm -hmm. is is that restlessness, that hurry, like, oh, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. I just see that. And so I think what has happened with me is that the Lord has just allowed the fruit of patience to, to be born in that morning time for me now that I'm like, it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, there's a book called Against an Infinite Horizon, and I, I say this all the time, but, you know, it's it, it's not the end of the world unless, you know, and then if it is, well, then we get to be with Jesus, right? That I just right. say it kind of as a joke. But in this book, it talks about Against an Infinite Horizon and talks about weighing all of life's circumstances and all of life's, like, instances. Um, so, like, a rushed morning, mm-hmm. right? Or let's just say, you know, tipping a waiter 25% one day to be generous, Put that against an inf- like contrast that against an infinite horizon and look at how small that is in mm, that's the, good. right in, in the grand scheme of eternity is what I say. Yeah. And so when it comes to being generous, sometimes like I'll, you know, I'll tip, you know, 30 or 40%. And then someone's like, why'd you tip so much? And I'm like, dude, what is $20 in the grand scheme of e- in eternity? Yeah. It, it just doesn't matter. It really it doesn't. It just does yeah. not matter. Right. And I mean, it's good. It, yeah. I don't remember how I spent my money when I was 16 or, you know, I don't, I don't remember any $20 when I was 22. I don't remember $20 when I was 32. Like, Oh, that's $20. 
Like I'm not freaking out about it. So anyways, against an infinite horizon. So, you know, in the moment where you're rushing, you're hurried, you know, when people speed, you really, all they're doing is shaving seconds, seconds yeah. off of, right? <laughs> it's not much. Yeah. And I heard somebody saying the other day, like, imagine, you know, when you see somebody buzz through a red light because they couldn't bear to stop at a red light for one minute. Like think about the amount of danger and the amount of like negative energy essentially that they exude by passing that red light and the amount of danger that they put everybody else's life in just for For, mere seconds of hurriedness. It's a sickness. But you know what? That, that goes to show how in one breath we can, or in one thought we can place such a high, um, priority on time wait on time mm-hmm. yet waste in a, a tremendous amount of it y- like on social media or doing things that are not life-giving oh, to us right so like in a moment we can value time so much but guess what maybe Dude, if you wouldn't have been scrolling for you know 15 minutes in the morning <laughs> you wouldn't have had to rush so it's like yeah. we, we weigh things but we don't weigh them equally. Yeah. yeah it's super it, interesting. It's, it's, it's a weird dynamic how that works, but, um, yeah, but think about that. So in the morning, it's just like you will yell and scream at your kids or your spouse to like, get ready. We got to go. And you're rushed. But then like you will spend three or four hours in the evening, just lounging out. Yep. Watching Netflix and doing nothing, not yeah. connecting, not investing in relationship. It's really interesting how we'll... And you know, and listen, like I'm not saying like, you know, that Lara and I, we want to get to a place where we're reading our Bible every single night and having these deep devotions and like taking (laughs) communion and, and, and I don't know, doing handwriting out the book of John, like, and that's, and it was like, Oh, cancel Netflix, cancel Disney. Like, I'm not saying that. Describing your entire Bible. (laughs) Right. Right. What I'm saying is, is like, where are your priorities because in some senses, we we think that we prioritize things when we really don't. You know, no one wants to say that they don't prioritize family, but do you? Like, yeah. do you? Right. You know, ask yourself, if you're someone that would, would say, we prioritize family in this moment, would your kids say that? Because most likely, probably not. I know my kids, like, we've made some strides, but, you know, even six months ago, yeah. if if they could really get a grasp for what was going on, right. mom and dad are checking out on phones because we're tired and, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have any energy or life to pass on to them. Yeah. And ultimately, when I started to look at our kids and how the the environment that we were creating in our home, the environment that I was creating in our home... I don't want our kids to grow up and go, yeah, daddy was always in a rush or daddy was always yelling or daddy was always this or always that, you know, you have that story. Like, you know, if you're an adult now and someone says, Hey, what was your life like, you know, as a child, you would have some, well, my dad always did that or my mom always did that. Like your kids will one day tell that story. And Lara and I, the narrative that we want to have in our home is that, man, we practiced, like we had this thing, a day of rest, a Shabbat, you know, the Sabbath to where we actually took a whole 24 hours and we kicked it off with a meal and we ate dinner together and we didn't use technology, um, again, the next, and you know, the next day until noon, like we actually started our work week off with rest as opposed to like, I, I just want their, t- them mm-hmm. to know, like, yeah, there is a different way to live yeah, because we don't have to live this life that is just full of hustle, full of hurry on the grind. Yeah. Um, 
it's not who God created us to be. And there's a whole other topic about how in Genesis, from the very beginning, you know, we, oh, the other thing that we really had this year happen to Bema. us, the Bema, the Bema podcast. If you're looking for a really good podcast, um, that is going to rock your world in the way that you view scripture. <laughs> Go look up the Bema podcast. It's B-E-M-A. B- yes, B-E-M-A. Uh, these guys are two guys. Marty Solomon. Mm-hmm. Who's the other guy? And, and the other know, guy. The other guy. His <laughs> disciple. <laughs> <laughs> but they, right. they took a late, they take a look at the Bible um, through the Eastern right. lens instead of a Western. Yeah. And it is just mind blowing. But anyways, go listen to episode one. Um, and it is all about this topic West. and how in the very yeah. beginning, God created mm-hmm. the world <laughs> from this standpoint of rest. Yeah. And, it, it, and even hearing those things really changed yeah. how I view this topic. Right. So I know we've gotten a lot into talking about Sabbath and I actually would like to do a, uh, an episode on Sabbath specifically. And, uh, you know, probably call that one like Sabbath. Is it for us today? Because a lot mm-hmm. of people will, will argue that it's, you know, part of the old Testament and, you know, it's, it's the old commandments and we're, you know, whatever Jesus yeah. did away with that kind of stuff. And, um, but anyways, I, I don't want to get too much into that, but I would love to explore that topic a little bit more. I got, uh, multiple people in my life who, um, are practicing Sabbath. And so right. I'd love to maybe bring some of them on, but, um, this idea again of being restful because in a moment, like Sabbath is a Sabbath is a completely separate instance than like a, a Monday morning when you're trying to get out the door. Yes. Um, Jesus says, you know, come to me all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. And so I like to think of this idea as um, peace in the chaos. And so being able to, Ooh. right, being able to, so the chaos around you may not change. Right. And you might, you might be knee deep in the chaos, but the idea that you can actually rest in that moment, right? What it, one of the things they talk about in the Bama podcast is, um, trusting the narrative. Yep. And I love that because what is the narrative? What, what is the narrative? What's the story that you're telling yourself? What are the words that are going over and over and over in your mind that are essentially controlling you? Right. And so can we trust the narrative of Christ? Can we trust the narrative of the father? So like today, um, I was at work and I was, I was feeling all kinds of just kind of anxious and, and weird. I knew that there wasn't peace in my heart and like, let's just all be honest. We know how to tell whether or not there's peace in our heart oh, at yeah, any given sure. moment. You can you can self-identify, right? You can self-diagnose whether or not you're at rest in your heart and your mind. Um, and so today I just recognized it. So I got out there to run and I was like, all right, Lord, I got to trust the narrative. Like I'm a son, you know, I, I'm going to focus on you. Everything's fine. Like I'm good. Dude, you that's crazy. Me. I had to do that today too. Yeah. Like I, I actually had a hard time falling asleep um, last night and I was had a lot of uneasy restlessness. It was about a, a, a friendship that I have and, and it really, it kept me up for quite some, and I just, for whatever reason, could not shake it. I woke up the next morning and I had to go, what am I afraid of here? Yeah. And I had to like talk myself uh-huh. out of it like yeah. and, and go like, this is what you're thinking, Chris? Like, mm-hmm. that's not true. Right. And I, and I really had to use, change the narrative essentially is what yeah, it was. Yeah. Self-awareness, dude, is one of the, the greatest tools. And that's one of the things I've been saying recently. And I've, I've been saying I'm grateful for self-awareness. I went to uh, this thing over the weekend and they made it, made us or had us write down a gratitude thing. And that very 
number one thing on top of my list was self-awareness because there's so much maturity that, yeah, it really, if you can take a moment and be self-aware because a lot of people aren't aware of self, they don't even realize they're acting the way they're acting. They're responding the way they're responding. A lot of people don't even realize that they're in a state of hurry because it's just the norm for them and they haven't experienced peace or rest at any moment, you know, in, in the most recent time or whatever. So, um, being able to like self-diagnose and self-medicate essentially. And I'm saying self a lot, just turning your heart and your mind to the Lord in that moment. Looking inwardly is what you're yeah, doing. Yeah. And stepping in. So here's the biggest idea of rest that I can come up with. And this is what I did while I was running today is I stepped back into sonship because Jesus or in uh, in Hebrews, let me, let me re- just read this for you guys. It says that those who are in Christ... Um, have rested from their works. Um, Let me see. For whoever enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. The other one says, cease striving. Um, There's one that says, cease striving and know that I'm God. But then there's another one that talks about um, strive, therefore strive, to enter into that rest. So let me find that real quick. And essentially, so there, Hebrews 4, 11, let me see Hebrews 4, 10 and 11. And this is where we're just jumping on doing some Bible study. <clears throat> okay. So Hebrews chapter four, verse nine, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his Therefore, let us make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following the same pattern of disobedience. And so what it talks about is if we're going to make effort, if we're going to effort to do anything, if we're going to rest, if we're going to strive, we're going to strive to rest. We are going, we put our work and our focus into resting. You know what though? There's, there's so many people though, that, that is, that in itself almost is a hard concept. I think for people to grasp preparing to rest because it's like, well, how can I rest if I'm working right before I rest? But like, it really does take work to rest. Like yeah. you, you have to mentally, like you I'm going to do this. You, you put effort into it. That's really good. Like, yeah, if you're going to strive for anything, right. strive for rest. So, so the idea of sonship and, and if you're a female, it's the same thing for you. It's being a child of the living God. And so what that is, is that you get to fall into the arms of, of a loving God. How does, how do you do that? Like walk me through like what you tell yourself, like, so, because I think that people hear yeah. that and they go, well, how do I, how do I do that? Well, it, it depends on whether or not you have, you understand the narrative of sonship. Right. And so to be, you know, where Jesus was the firstborn of, of many, of many sons. Scripture talks about for all of creation is a longing for the, for the manifest sons of, of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, to those who believed, he gave the right to become children of God, not born of, of a husband's will or of man's decision, but born of God. This is in John chapter one. And so, um, it's being a child of God. It's being loved unconditionally. It's having all of expectations 
being thrown off, that there's nothing that you have to live up to. There's no work to be done in order to be accepted by God. So, so is this, this acceptance, like, is that a big the narr- barrier for it? Like, I'm not, I will not be accepted if I don't. And so right. then you kind of disqualify yeah. yourself from sonship. Like yeah. we're all going, oh, I'm not worthy of God's love. I'm not worthy well, of yeah, I mean, X, I, Y, or Z. So for me, I think the most important thing in my life and the thing that brings me the most peace in my life, obviously, is me focusing back on that idea of sonship. And so that, so me coaching myself into this narrative is this, it's, you know, today I was running and I said, okay. You're a son, you're loved, your father in heaven loves you. You don't, you don't, you don't work for his approval. You're approved in Christ. And, you know, even if the entire world crumbles around you, like that is the prime attribute of a person who's at peace with God, that the entire world around them can crumble. All of their circumstances can fall, yet they're still at peace and they're still at rest with the Lord. Just like that, you guys have probably heard the the hymn, It Is Well, right? Mm-hmm. It Is Well With My Soul. Yep. The guy who was on a boat and he had just found out that his entire family had been killed and he writes yeah. a song that says, It's Well With My Soul. And so that, that man understood rest. He understood the narrative. He knew who his God was. He knew who he was in Christ. And I think that's what it takes. We just, we help coach ourselves back to that. But here's the other thing. Like I was doing this thing where I was saying mind, body, spirit, mind, body, spirit. And so I was like, just kind of meditating on that, trying to bring, trying to bring everything back into, it sounds pretty what? Sounds pretty. Oh, give me a freaking break. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) So I'm saying mind, body, spirit. I'm saying, okay, my, you know, start levitating. My my body's back. Yeah. My body's good. My, you know, I'm here. I'm you're healthy. aligning is what you're, yeah. My, yeah. I'm aligning my mind. Okay. Let me bring my mind at rest. Let me focus on the Lord. And then my spirit connecting with the father and you know, I'm his. And so, you know, honestly it, it, I, I really don't know how to explain it other than that. Um, yeah. it's, it's a focusing, it's a meditating, it's a pressing in, it's a, it's a remembering. So if you think about the Psalms, Go go read some of David's Psalms again. And David wasn't afraid to express the feelings of his soul, right? Um, you know, I flood my bed with tears. There's this body thing that's happening. He's feeling this this grief or this um this pain. And so his body's responding and and his mind is all over the place. And you know, and then he goes, but I'll remember the Lord and I'll remember his great deeds and I'll remember him bringing us out of Egypt and I'll remember his this and his that, his mighty that. And so he's coaching himself. So it's not that he's not flooding his bed with tears ever. Yeah. It's not that he can't ever get his thoughts under control. It's that he experiences those things. But then he begins to say Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Do you right? think? And so he's focusing his heart and his mind, his attention, every part of who he is, and he's re, he's remembering. He's focusing back on the Lord. He's re, recollecting, recollecting the truths and the narrative of right. who God he's, is. Yeah, and he'll actually the tell yeah. the story when the God led us out of Egypt and the this and then that, and he crossed us into the Jordan. And he just like reminding himself. He reminds himself. Yeah. And so he was replacing what's happening in his body and his soul with the true narrative of who God is and who he is because of that. Do you think there's something to be said for like maybe trying to figure out where you stand in sonship of like when you start to have these like thoughts of like, I don't know, what are some thoughts of someone that hasn't stepped into sonship? I mean, maybe just 
like giving, you know giving into worry to fear, right. like what so, do you, so it's just yeah. those things. So, so I think it's the if then statement. If, okay. if I could just, then I'd be okay. blank. That's perfect. Okay. What could you imagine if you're making these statements about yourself? And this is where self-awareness kind of has to come into place. Like if, um, throw one at me, like an if then statement, like, if you could just go one month without watching porn, okay, then you would feel better about yourself as, as a, a parent. If if that is a thought that you've had before, any anyone, imagine that your child had that thought, and if you knew that they had that thought, but didn't know what to do with it, or if you knew that they were disqualifying themselves from your love, how would you respond? Like if some way you just knew, like. <clears throat> my son or daughter is, is wrestling with this. They have this if then statement, you would, you would try to like, I mean, I would think if I had, if I had knowledge that my son or daughter were wrestling with that, if then statement, I would want to intervene and step in and bring truth to that so that they would step out from underneath that lie and that they would step into the truth. Right. So, so you would speak words of love and encouragement and acceptance over them over, over our child. And so I think that sometimes, I mean, and this is where the self-awareness comes. Like if you can stop yourself in that, in that moment when you're having these, if then, if you can recognize it, stop it and then ask yourself, how would I respond if one of my children or someone that I loved very closely, if you're not a parent, like someone that I care about deeply was feeling this way, how would I react? Yeah. Then you can get a glimpse of the father's heart. Right. For you. Exactly. So what I was going to say was as a parent or as a person, you would begin to speak words of love and encouragement over them. And so this is exactly what Jesus was inviting people into to get into his yoke. Mm-hmm. He's saying it's easy. It's light. I'm humble in heart. Learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus says, learn from me. You know what he doesn't say? Take my yoke upon you, upon you and then study the scripture more Yeah, to see what I have to say about you, right? That's not what he says, or take my yoke and then get into a Bible study, or take my yoke and then do that. Or it it's says, all, learn it's from all me. relational. So the father in, Ze- in Zephaniah, I think, it talks about... Zephyr who? <laughs> Zephyr what? Look, let me... Uh, that was a weird thing me... you did with your voice. Look at this. Oh, Zephaniah, Zephaniah 317. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. That the Lord is rejoicing over his people with singing. Right. Can you imagine in a moment? So just at, as a parent, you would want to say things to your child that would comfort them and encourage them. Yeah. And you would want to replace the narrative in their head with the true narrative of who you are as their father, their parent, who loves them unconditionally and wants what's best for them. What if in those moments where we needed that, we simply turn to the Lord and say, what are you saying over me right now? Yeah. What are you speaking over me? What are you saying? What do you about have me? to say about this? What do you? And Here's what you, I think about myself. God, what do you, what do you yeah, think? What do you think? And then you allow him to replace the narrative. Yeah. So that's what it would look like to actively and practically step into sonship. Yeah. And in here's, a moment. yeah. And not, you know, not everybody, I don't know. I, not, so why, so why aren't people taught that? Like, it, why isn't that? That's a great question. I don't know. Like what's, what's the alternative What's the prescription to that in in the most common form of evangelical Christianity? 
maybe read your Bible more, join yeah, a group, pray. I mean, pray, get around people. Yeah. But I, you know, when you think about prayer, it's just in its simplest form to me, it's two way communication. It's not just me throwing up. A, so here's the difference. I could stop in a moment and pray and say, God, would you just take these feelings away? Is it, God, a res- would, is it a- would you just help me? God, would you replace the narrative? And I could pray those things, but most of us will say amen and then keep going. How many of us actually stop and then allow the Lord to respond to us so right. that we hear something from so, him? So my question was going to be, is it a response from God to speculate what God would say based off of what we know about his character? Yes. Is it, wait, say that. No, is, is it, is it a response? Like, is it God responding to us if we speculate what he would say based off of the character that we know to be true that is in his nature? So for instance, I don't think I understand so for instance, if I'm like, oh God, I, I just, I'm, I'm just such, you know, I've been yelling a lot in my wife and kids and I'm just, I'm not feeling like a good parent and I just, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm going to mess my kids' lives up. They're going to be in counseling their whole life. Like <laughs> God, God what do you think? And then you sit there in silence for a minute and then you don't hear anything and you go, well, I know that God wouldn't, wouldn't say that. Like, I know that God would say, here's what scripture says. God says this, this, and this, like, yeah. is that a response? Sure. You I, you can faith into what you know to be true about. And maybe that's a better, is. that's a better word. Faith into. Yeah. 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 You faith, you faith into that. Yeah. Either you believe it or you don't. Right. Like, and sometimes we don't. Because that's where I think that people struggle with is like the hearing from God. Yeah. The two way street. I think that's why it's so hard for people Mm -hmm. because it's like, but you know what? I don't think here's, here's what I, I think there's a percentage of people, obviously it's impossible to know how many, but I think there's a percentage of people who do hear from him, but then don't think that it's actually him because they question themselves. Yeah. And if they faith into that, right? I mean, if it's what the father would say anyway, and you hear it as you're crying out to God. Like, why not? Like, why not? Like, yeah. what's the harm in that? That's so, true. That's so funny, though, because I know I've had those moments, too, where I go, was that God? Was that what I... <laughs> and it's like, why not just trust? Like, yeah. if you're going to, you know, if you draw near to God, like, why don't you just trust that he's going to draw near to you and that the thoughts that you're come to your mind in that moment yeah. are God. Yeah. I think that's hard for people to kind of take that stretch and to kind of, to take that step and to, to lean into that. Cause it's scary. It's a little unknown. I mean, but that's what faith is. And that's one of my favorite things that I've learned from the Bema podcast is like in, in Eastern perspective, they lean into the mystery. They, yeah. there is no absolute certainty. Like right. they are leaning in yeah, to your faithing. Yes. It, it is. It is the utmost practice of faith. Right. Whereas for most of my faith journey, it's been, no, I am 100% sure and certain of mm-hmm. this when that's yeah. kind of the absence of faith anyways. Right. So Hebrews eleven six and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so I'm believing I'm faithing. When I am going to the Father, coming to him, believe that he's there and that he exists right. and that when I seek him, he's going to reward me for seeking him. And when I say reward, it's not like, you know, I get a big money bag on my front step, but he gives me the riches in Christ that I need in that moment, right. which, you know, Jesus said, my peace, I give unto you, my peace, I leave with you. I do not give as the world gives, right? So do not lose or uh, do not be troubled or lose heart. 
in this world, you face troubles of many kinds, but I have overcome the world, right? So these are the things that Jesus says to us. My peace I give to you, my peace I leave unto you. And so Jesus is saying that there's a peace that we can have. And then how does he do that? It's by the spirit in us. Mm. It's fruit. It's abiding. Abiding to me is resting. I came up with this, this statement is that. Tell me your statement. It was again, when I was running, I've been having a lot of moments that maturity comes from rest and rest bears maturity. Mm, yeah. You were telling me right? about this. So why, don't like, you, why don't you unpack that? Yeah. So maturity comes from rest. When we are mature in Christ, we're a mature son of God. When we can rest in who we are in him because of what he's done, we have ceased arrested from our works, right? Because with, uh, you know, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're not saved by uh, by works, but we're saved by grace so that no man can boast. And so when I just give up trying to earn anything or trying to like make anything happen, that's going to make me a better this, that, or the other, I'm able to rest in who Jesus is. And so to me that rest, listen, here's, here's what I believe the physical example of what happens to us spiritually when we rest is when the disciples were on the boat. They were crossing from one place to another and a storm swells up Yeah, and the boats getting knocked around. The disciples are freaking out. Jesus is asleep on the boat. And so they all freak out. They wake him up. He looks around and he says, peace be still. And all of the waters calm down. The boat comes back to a normal, you know, rock or whatever. <laughs> uh, and then everything's, everything's fine. The motion of the ocean is the, yeah, has, back to has, normal. Yeah. And so Jesus just looks around at all the chaos that's causing people to freak out and be fearful. And I mean, there's fear, there's uncertainty, there's panic. There's all those things that are present in the disciples in that moment. And he looks at the circumstance that's causing all those things in him. And he says, peace be still. Mm. Now you makes you wonder if the power of the peace be still penetrated their hearts just as much as it penetrated the water. Yeah. I mean, you would and think the storm, right? So you would think because they're in a moment of panic and then yeah, it, and so, it, it was oftentimes we think it was just for the waves, but it was yeah, probably everything, probably for everything. Yeah. So Jesus says to us in that moment, peace be still my child. And so then all the craziness in our heart and our mind, that's causing us all of that chaos. Jesus brings the peace into that place. You know, when we have chaos all around us, it's really hard to rest. It, it is like it, it, but when we're actively putting ourselves in positions of like, like when the daily, like there are moments where we have to find peace within the chaos. But if your life is a constant, you know, mud storm of chaos, because morning after morning, you're in this hustle and bustle, and then it just messes up your whole day. Then you pick up the kids, and then there's a whole other routine for when you pick up the kids or when you get off work and you have all these other things to do. Like if your constant state, you know, five to seven days out of the week is just this chaotic stuff. Like that's not what Jesus has for you. Right. There's chaos that happens in it and it randomly appears just like the storms that would appear in the waters and finding peace in those moments is, is like a spiritual, spiritual discipline, but we are to not like live in that high elevated stress state. It's not the majority good for us. of the week. It's not yeah. good for us. And so I, I want to go back to this, to the yoke topic okay. um, and just revisit. And I want to try to, if we can help people have some self-awareness and kind of diagnose and maybe throw out some characteristics of what it might look like for the everyday person to live um, and be weary and burdened. Like I gave some examples. What are some things yeah, that think, you have? I was going to say, I think we talked about that, but you know, it's, 
I feel like it's maybe kind of hard to pinpoint. I think people have to diagnose themselves. Is it, or, or maybe what are some, some states of mind or just, well, you know what it's like to be constantly hurried. So, so for me, impatience is a big deal. And so impatience bears itself through, um, through outbursts of anger. Okay. So I get impatient with my child. I blow up at them and yell at them. Or I get impatient with my wife, and then I'm I'm snippy or snarky, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Um, I'm in a hurry in the morning, so I get short. I don't look people in the eye. I'm moving around real fast. I'm in, and the other thing is that if you live in this state constantly to where you're hurried and rushed, the people around you begin to walk on eggshells. Right. And then they realize that this is who you are. Like today I was in a hurry. I was getting my food before I left the house. And my father-in-law, Dave said, so what do you have going on tonight? And I was like, oh, I got to get out of the house because I got to go to get this podcast together. And he was like, he said, you're, you're moving in a way that I knew you had somewhere to be. Yeah. And so people notice the physical presence of someone who's hurried and rushed and those kinds of things. And so for me, those kinds of things stick out. Um, the way the Lord, so maybe people could ask someone close to them, like, "Hey, what does my yes. presence radiate? Like, do yeah. I radiate peace? Do I radiate hurry?" Like, yeah, I mean, just straight up ask the people around you, "Hey, do you think that I'm a hurried inter- individual? Do you think I'm impatient?" And, and be prepared to hear the answer. And then, and then ask. I would say follow up questions. So if they say, "Well, yeah, I think you are." And then maybe ask, like, can you give me some examples? Like, I'm not like, I want to try to understand. And then seek to understand. It's really hard to hear that stuff. Mm -hmm. But those are the kinds of things that bring awareness and go, oh, crap. Maybe I am this way. Because you can't deny it if two or three people begin to say the exact same thing. Like, dude, you do do that. You got a problem. Like, you need to look at this. Be open to the diagnosis, right? Like... When you, if you're ever sick and you have to go to a doctor, you're going because you know there's something wrong and there's going to be news. Maybe you don't want to hear, you know, and the doctor's going to say, Hey, so we found this, but we're going to go ahead and do what it, what we need to do to, to take care of it. Right. And so a lot of people are afraid to hear the news because they don't want to deal with it, but you have to hear the news in order to deal with it. And so if you place yourself, it's kind of like a. How many people go for an annual checkup just to make sure that everything's fine? Very few people. Pass. How many people go to the doctor when it's like last resort, they think they're about to die or their appendix is going to burst inside yeah, of them? everybody. Everybody. Typically everybody. And it's like, man, if you just would have came for a checkup, we so could have caught about, this. Yeah. What about preventative maintenance, right? Like show up and say, hey, I, you know, I think, mate, I feel like I'm okay. I have a little bit of pain in my shoulder, but not really anything to, you know, go on about, but can you go and check me out? So maybe you don't feel like you have a lot that's going on, or maybe right now you just really saying, man, I, I need to get some of this stuff under control. Yeah. Like start asking. And, and here's the thing, like you have community for that, but you also have the Lord for that. Right. Yeah. And so that's, this is Jesus's invitation to you so that if you are diagnosed weary and burdened, and hurried and yeah, anxious if you judged to that, but not judged in like <laughs> yeah. a, you know what I mean? It's like, right. Hey, the verdict is in the, yeah. yeah I, I mean, if you're somebody who ideally you would go to God and ask him first, if you're someone that has a hard time hearing, go to others 
get, you know, there's, there's counsel. There's, there's what is proverb about wise counsel? And there's probably one that you got. I don't yeah. Know. There's wisdom and, uh, and many, many counselors. counselors yeah. yeah. So, I mean, go seek counsel and see what other people say. And then when you take that, go to God with what is said, like, and think on it, mull over it, chew yeah. on it. Well, this is what it is. Then Jesus invites you to that yoke and he says, my yoke's easy. My burden's light. Uh, learn from me. And yeah. so essentially what you're doing is you're, you're saying, okay, you're accept, accepting the yeah, invitation, you're accepting the invitation. You're throwing off the old yoke. You're getting in the new one. You're saying, okay, I'm here to learn. You know, guess what? Like every day those ox are unyoked from the one another and allowed to go to bed and allowed to sleep. <laughs> and every day they have the opportunity to choose whether or not they are going to get into that yoke, you know, with the older, wiser, stronger ox. So every day, we have to choose who we're yoked up to. It's not like yeah, a one and done. Right. Like you, you, you get sometimes halfway through the day and you're like, oh crap, I didn't yoke up to Jesus today. Like, what yeah. is this? Like but I'm you, yoked up to this worry and anxiety and all this other stuff that's like affecting me. And, and like, it, it's not get, good. You can get in whenever. Yeah. It's not like a one and done. Like, oops, I yeah. missed my opportunity. You toss that bad boy off and then you get in. <laughs> you, you go Like whose yoke is that anyway? Anyway. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to talk about this real quick, fruit of the spirit. So, you know, when I, when I see Jesus inviting people to take on that yoke, I see him inviting them into the abiding process that he talks about, um, you know, abide in me and you'll produce much fruit. Well, apart from me, you, you can, can do, do nothing. nothing. Okay. Yeah. So he invites us into that space with him to learn from him, to walk with him, to live with him, to know him. And look, those, they're close, those ox. Right, those oxen. Are oh close. yeah, they're shoulder they're to shoulder, shoulder man. to shoulder. They're side by side, and so there's that proximity to Jesus that's so important in this process. Being with Him, near Him, um, obviously within earshot, like to be able to speak to Him. You know, yeah. Jesus is always closer than than we can imagine. Right, like He's He's not some far off person. Jesus wasn't inviting those people into a relationship where they stood from afar or sat at the base of the mountain and heard Him proclaim from the mountaintop. Right. He's saying, yoke up with me. Let's do this side yoke by up, side. Yoke up, bro. Grab that yoke. Yeah. So um, fruit of the spirit, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are all the things that are absent when we're in a constant state of hurry. Mm. Super impatient. Right. We can get super unloving. We're not gentle. My wife tells <laughs> me all the time. She's like, you, like, she thinks that I slam things and hit things. It's because I'm a quick mover, you know, like I shut this door and go do this. Get and that she, door out of my and face. And she's always yelling at me and, and, and she's saying, I just need you to be more gentle. And I'm just like, there's, I, I keep telling her like, there's nothing in my heart that's making me this way. Like I'm, I'm not upset. I'm slamming a door. Like I'm mad. I just am shutting the door, but I I know how to slow down enough to like place something down yeah. to like put a cup down or to shut a door. I know what it's like to drive on the freeway. Like the other day I was coming home from work and, uh, I was kind of meditating on the Lord and just thinking and trying to like take in the scenery and really just slowing down. And I slowed, Ooh, man, there's a whole nother podcast. Buddy. I know I slowed, I slowed down so much in my thinking and my breathing and my perception that I physically slowed down in my vehicle that I was going 50 in a 65 and everybody was passing me. Mm-mm. And I had a moment where I looked around. I was like, wow, I actually literally slowed down just now yeah. to where everything else faded away. Dude, Gosh, like, we need to have a conversation about slowing <laughs> down because that, that whole concept is, uh, 
that's a pretty, that's a big one. But this is what happens when, when, again, we trust the narrative, we rest in Jesus, everything's okay. We're like, he's good. Even if everything's not okay, like I'm in him, it's finding that place of peace. And then when you live from that place, you bear that fruit. When you abide in Christ, when you rest in him, you bear that fruit of gentleness, you bear that fruit of kindness, right? So like, if I'm not on edge and, and Illy does something that would typically make me want to blow up, I'm able to, like I told you, get down on her level, grab her hands, look her in the eye. Mm -hmm. And I, even in my words, right? Illy, put that down. I told you not to pick that thing up, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's very different than, hey, sweetie, come here. Hey, I asked you if you would not pick that up again. And so, so what did you do? Children, literally the best. And then then she says, I I picked it up again, you know? And then I say, well, I asked you not to. And so next time, I just need you to to listen to daddy. Okay. You're not in trouble. I'm not upset with you. I just wanted to, to ask you about why you did that. And so I go pick it up. I love you. And you know, we're good. No harm, no foul. Completely different situation, bro. Yeah. Completely different. It diffuses the situation like 100%. But that it's again, it's something that's born out of me when I'm abiding in Christ versus when I'm not. Yeah. I mean, when, when we are not near him, I mean, I always have, and I've used this analogy before on the podcast, but when Moses goes on the mountaintop and spends, you know, time with God, like he comes down radiating, beaming with his glory. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 that gets on people. That's contagious. Like they, uh, yeah, they get good. it. It's like the yeah. same thing with us. Like, are we going down into the depths or are we yeah. going on the mountaintop? Because well, you wanna, wherever we go, that's what we resemble. Can I, can I bring up something a little crazy? Yeah, do it. So Jesus so Moses goes on the mountain. Mm-hmm. He gets the glory of the Lord. He's essentially transfigured. It's a glory that fades because we talk about him being veiled because the glory was fading. He was embarrassed, but he comes down radiating and they're like, he's truly been with God. And so we've seen this happen that a human being has taken on a a new countenance, a new look on their face and their eyes Right. When you see people and you say you're glowing, man, you people can see joy on your face, man. You look happy, bro. What's going on? Right. And it exudes and people want to know what's going on with you. The chiefs just, they straight up, give me a break. (laughs) I don't care. They ask you that question. Right. (laughs) So, so Moses does this on the mountain. Jesus goes to the mountain and Moses and Elijah are there. And so Jesus comes down transfigured, bright, white, glowing, Right. And the disciples watched him transfigured Mm -hmm. to where he literally took on this aura uh, of this glory of God. Right. So um, Romans 12, one and two, where it talks about, um, therefore, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Yeah. So that by this, you may uh, test and discern the true will of God. Therefore, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Or do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what it says, right? Do you remember this? Yes, I do. That word transformed, the, I, th- I don't know. I, I don't want to make that statement, but that word transformed, when you look up that word transformed, it literally is the same word transfigured in the Greek that they used when Jesus came off the mountain transfigured. Dang. So we're not just being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're being transfigured. And that word actually stems from the Greek that, uh, the Greek word that means metamorphosis. Wow. To be physically altered by the renewing of our mind. And so, 
right? We've, we fight this battle. You get to that place to where you jump back into the narrative of God and the sonship and you yoke up with Christ and you abide and you rest. You will literally begin to be transfigured around people because they will notice a physical difference in you, the way you move. I'm not being transfigured, like growing another uh, finger, right? right? I'm being transfigured in the way that I move. If I'm hurried, I'm jerky, I'm quick, I'm fast. I don't look people in the eye. If I slow down, I'm gentle, I'm kind, I'm being transfigured by the renewing of my mind, according to what the Lord's doing and speaking over me and the way I'm yoked, I will begin to look and move differently. Isn't that crazy? Yes, it is. I just had I will morph into a new being. Yeah. Like a moth. <laughs> or a butterfly. <laughs> or a butterfly, I guess. But think about that. Yeah. That's I mean, nuts, people man. see joy, a fruit of the spirit, joy. Yeah, I mean, it's patience. evident. I mean, it, you're right. People can't see it. They can see it when it's on your face. They can also see anger and hurried and all yeah. of that other stuff. And so, right. I mean, it's like, who who are you representing that day? I, I just I just start, I've been thinking a lot about like, man, who's the type of man that I want to be for my family, for my wife, for my kids, for um, the people, the ministry that I now consider, you know, it's, it's really funny. I don't consider what I do with the house churches my primary ministry. form of ministry. Yeah. I'm like shifting that viewpoint to it's like, man, my main ministry is to my family. Yeah. It's that that's it. Like I have the they are the people that I have the the most direct influence over and that can change their lives or wreck their lives. Like depending on on what I do. And I've talked to and seen and witnessed and heard from too many pastors kids who have just they're like, nah, I'm done with God. Like this man that, you know, sat at our dinner table every week and cheated on my mom and did X, Y, and Z mm. and stood in the pulpit and claimed to do this, this, and that. Like mm-hmm. I call bull crap because in our home, that's Yikes. not what he was like. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to be that. Oh, I would I rather, I would rather not be in public ministry and, and only have a private ministry and that is my family than ever step sta- fed on a stage again to preach. Like, and then have your home life fall and apart. And then, yeah. And then have our home life fall apart. Like it, it's just not it's worth, not worth it. it. It's yeah. not worth it. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I just want to encourage people. Like, I, I'm just going to use the term, man. There's a mystical aspect to this, right? There's a, a mysterious aspect to this entire faith thing, right? We're, we're talking about believing in an invisible God and him sp- sending his spirit to live inside of us. And we're talking about being yoked with Christ. And he's, I mean, physically in the body, he's not sitting here next to us to where we can actually see him, Right. We're talking about living by faith and not by sight. And so we're talking about like truly connecting with the Lord in a supernatural, um, in a supernatural form. Yeah. Right. Like it's different. I mean, it's not. And and allowing, yeah, his, his spirit to take over and live through us and us being conformed to his likeness and transformed by the renewing of our minds, literally transfigured so that we look different to the people around us. Like, there, we have to get past, I, in my personal life have, I've had to get past like just this idea that there's ever going to be much of a, of a tangible situation, right? Like this is all, this is all, it's faith. all faith based. Yeah. It's faith. You know, it's, it's me you're, and my you're mind. You're putting all your like, chips in. Like I'm focusing on Jesus. Like, I'll just tell you today when I was running, like I could see my feet moving I could, you know, you've got that mind's eye to where you see in your mind. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking yeah, about? I know what yeah, you're talking someone, about. Yeah, someone, you imagine in your mind. You yeah. see in your mind through imagination. 
but I had vision of my spirit as like this bright emanating light. Yeah. And people are going to freak That's out wild, over this, man. but I saw body. I saw mine. And today I saw spirit. I think you're and, freaking crazy. And that was faith. I'm faithing. Right? right. I'm like, but here's what I asked. I said, father, I said, you know, me in the spirit, you see my, the essence of my being. Does he not? Right. He does. We're, we're spirit ever before we're body or soul. Right. He breathed the, the Ruach, the Numa, the spirit whew, into flesh. And then there was a living being. There was a body. There was a, a, a living being, the soul, the personality. Mind, and he breathed, and he breathed spirit. He breathed supernatural entity into the, into man to bring him to life. Yeah. And I said, you see him, you see me in the spirit. What am I like there? And he just showed me as this like light and scripture says we're, we're beings of light that we're the light of the world. Right. But do we actually believe that we're a light or do we just think it's like an analogous? It's just a metaphor. It's a, a <laughs> metaphorical light. Anyways, yeah. I'm, I, I'm sharing my personal experience. This is what happened when I was running and, and I'm faithing into that, that, you know, this is what the Lord did. And so I just, I feel like we have to embrace a little bit of the supernatural in order the, to get, you know, yeah, I prefer the phrase, the term mystical, but I know that that carries a lot of baggage and, and that's and fine with it. But I mean, it's, it's essentially the same thing. I mean, something that is not natural that we can see with our eyes, right? you know, like there's, there's this extra added element to it. And honestly, I mean, I think that anyone who's come to faith in Jesus has probably had an inner encounter or interaction that they can't explain where they were changed. Yeah. Like there's, there's something different. That's just the nature mm-hmm. of faith. There's no way to not make it sound weird. Yeah. And there just has to be, in my opinion, a faith filled surrender in these moments to yoke to Christ. You know, it, it has to be faith filled because otherwise we would change ourselves without ever looking to him to change us. Yeah. You know? And then it's just, it's just behavior modification. Like that, that's all that is. And I think people can do that. Right. But I'm at a place again to where he says, you're weary, you're burdened. You know, that, that that's the prerequisite. Yeah. And so when I look to, at myself. That, that's interesting. That's the prerequisite to finding rest in Jesus. Are you weary? Are you burdened? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. All right. You qualify. Like you qualify. Come on in. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't disqualify you yeah. that you're weary and burdened. It doesn't disqualify you that you're sinful or whatever it is. That's the, that's, that's the, the qualification. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so dang, that's a, that's a whole nother flip on looking <laughs> at that. Like, dang, I qualify. So, I didn't qualify for that welfare check, but right. I qualified for, and, you know, and this so my encouragement to people is to man, just go to the Lord and, and be with him. Right. Have that experience that we talked about in their episode um, last season called experiencing God. Yeah. It's the gnosko, the knowing God through firsthand account, not through secondhand account, mm-hmm. not through thirdhand, you know, you're not reading about it. And oftentimes people think it's enough to just read of someone else's experience or hear of someone else's experience. But I believe the Lord is inviting us all into that experience with him, right? It's for the, sure. we want to call it personal relationship, but then we put limits as to what that looks like. Yeah. You know, but I just, I think the Lord's inviting people to that deeper place and say, Hey, you come to me all who are weary and burden. I'll give you rest. Take, you know, my yoke's easy. My burden's light. Take it upon yourself and then learn from me. And so I think it's as simple as someone just saying, Jesus, I need to learn from you and then surrendering. And then what happens happens. And we believe that he rewards those who sink them, you know? Yeah, I agree, man. If the the word last season for season three was vulnerability, the, I really do believe that the word for, you know, season four is rest. 
And uh, I would gonna, say so. We're going to be talking a lot about that um, this upcoming season. We got lots of things. Hey, but before we go, you had some salt to pass. I did. I'm so glad you remembered that. Was that it? Are you shutting us down? I mean, well, how long? What else you got to say? <laughs> I don't have anything else. You just kind of <laughs> took a hard right there. Well, I just I you did were what I did. Were well, you done? I mean, do you have any encouragements for anybody? I mean, I think the only thing that I can encourage people to do is to all of this stuff starts with self awareness and self examining. That's it. And I can tell you that, you know, I asked Lara, what did I ask her? Um, I'm doing this. Well, I was doing this challenge. I need to, I need to, I've determined I've made myself, I'm going to start over. But anyways, I've been doing this challenge with some of my um, bad Christian friends the from the bad Christian podcast. They're doing a, a challenge, um, BC 69, and it's for 69 days. They are challenging themselves in different areas. But one of the the things that you challenge yourself during this thing is to, like try to become better in one way. Like what mm. like figure out your three worst characteristics and then choose one of those and focus on it. And uh, one of the hosts of the podcast said, if you don't know what your worst characteristics are, ask someone close to you. Yeah. Um, so I did that. I asked Lara, I said, Hey, oh. what's, what's the worst thing about me? And I mean, and she said, Oh, I mean, I'll even share it. God, I just feel bad. I just feel like a terrible dad. She's like, you know, you you're working on being present and you want to be more present. Um, yet sometimes you'll be on your phone and you're not present. You're not present. You're not present. And then one of the kids does something that upsets you or pisses you off. And then you snap and yell. And so you go from being not present, not present and only being present when you discipline. And I was like, Oh my God. I just, can I just not be a dad? Like I, (laughs) but, but hearing that stuff, hearing those hard things and going, I hear you. You're right. I want to be better. I don't want to be a dad that just responds in anger and yells. And you hear those things and you go, man, okay, God, is this, is this true? I think this is true. Like, what do you see God and giving God a voice in it? And, and that's where change happens is in self-awareness. My encouragement would be to go to those closest to you and ask a couple people, Hey, maybe, I mean, you can ask them what's the worst characteristic I have, but I think a good one in line with this is like, hey, am I a person that's hurried? You know, my person that is constantly going, 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 never, and just see what they say. Yeah. Um, Put yourself. And then um, process. And it takes time to process. Think about it. I mean, I literally have mornings where I sit down and I just write things that I never post online or on social media, you know, like, oh, here's what I reflected upon today. Like, I just do that. That's just a part of. more blog posts. I need you to pull those out. But but I just do that and it's self-awareness. I'm real big on it because yeah. it, it allows you to see who you really are. Yeah. And for me, I don't want to be the best version of me. I want to be more like Christ. Yeah. Like that that's it for me right. because Jesus was loving and he was kind and he had all the fruits of the spirit. And he was mm-hmm. a person of peace and he was not hurried. That's who I want to be because that just sounds like a bomb person. I was about to say something. <laughs> bomb expletive expletive person. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. What would your what would your final little insight be? I feel like I gave it, man. Does Pe- it? Yeah, connect with the Lord in a in a in a real way and seek Him and allow Him to speak to you. And 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 faith is as hard as He's made you to faith into that that supernatural relationship. That's it. That that's what it is. Yeah. It that it it can't be anything else. So, um, you pass the salt. salt. Yeah. Yeah. So typically with our pass the salt segment. 
It's where we read a comment or an email or a review that somebody leaves. Yeesh. Um, somebody, you can email us at saltydogspodcast at gmail.com or you can leave us ratings and reviews on Facebook or um, on Apple Podcast. Um, so we'll typically do that, but to launch season four, episode one, I want to... Since we are focusing on being loving and life-giving, yes, there's a bit yes. of life-giving that's happened. Right. So, uh, Corey and Carolyn gave birth, gave forth life into this world to a new baby boy. Our first salty pup. <laughs> started a litter. He messaged me earlier and he said, you've got a new fan. I was like, all right. Yeah. So, uh, Corey and Caroline, or Carolyn, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, so sorry if I got it wrong. Um, I hope that... Well, actually, you know what? The Lord dothed your child with rosy cheeks. Yes. And brought him into this world. And so just, yeah, may the Lord continue to bless you in uh, just many different ways as parents. And exciting, I told, exciting I told, times. I told Corey, I said, man, just learn the love of the father with mm-hmm. your love for your son. Like, you know, that's, it, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So there you have it, friends. Heck yeah. Saltydogspodcast.com. Check out the Salty blog. Patreon.com slash saltydogspodcast. Yeah, yeah, we got the book the, club. The book club. If you want to do that, we get, remember, we got 12 spots. That's kind of a first come, first serve type type deal, right? I'm excited for it. Yeah. And yeah. so we're not going to be releasing. I mean, the first book is going to be a mystery. All of these books, I mean, we're going to kind of, or they're, they're going to be a surprise. Well, but you know what? Once we get the book club going, we can have people um, talk about maybe what they want to see. And yeah. then uh, we can we can go from there. So. Right. I think that's all we got, man. Is that how we're going to end this this bad boy? Salty dogs. Out. Out. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody on Facebook. Two viewers. Thanks for watching. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for checking out. Love you. See you, Steve. Kisses. I love you so much. Gross. Goodbye now. (laughs) 